Welcome back to a new season. And yes, I said season because that's what we're doing right now, our seasons. But this is a new season of Black Culture, Black Thought, where we examine current events and see how they relate to Black culture, history, theory, and thought. I'm Chelsea, joined by Jody and Franny. How are you guys doing today? I'm fine, thank you. And yourself? I am good. Franny, how are you? Jody? I'm doing very well. Thanks, Yeah, Jody, you don't sound fine, but okay. Um, (laughs) Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> it's today's episode, you sounded very like, I'm fine. Thank you very much. I'm like, what did I do to you? <laughs> okay. um, I'm sorry. Sorry for being polite. <laughs> In today's episode, we are going to take a moment to examine the presidential race by reframing it through the through a black political agenda. So basically, we're going to be talking about why Trump is not it, why he needs to be out of the White House, um, and what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris needs to reckon with in their records in order to obtain the black vote, because the black vote is not necessarily a guarantee, and I think it needs to be earned and not expected, if y'all agree with me. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So first I do want to take a step back and just examine how we are rooting this conversation and just really just wanting to ground it in two texts that I came across. So the first one is um, political science professor, Michael Eric Donson. And please forgive me as I do like a deep dive into my dorky side, but he wrote a book behind the mule race and race and American politics. Ooh, I can't read. So in that book, though, he wrote, (laughs) for group interests to affect the political process, a significant number of African-Americans must believe that what happens to the group as a whole affects their own lives. A construct of linked fate is needed to measure the degree to which African-Americans believe that their own self-interests are linked to the interests of the race. So basically... My interpretation of this is that as members of the Black community, we need to see our fate linked together and that we need to bond together as a Black, like a voting block, a Black voting block in the Mm -hmm. hopes to gain political capital. All right. So within Mm -hmm. this conversation, I want us to recognize that while we are made up of many different thoughts, economic classes, different degrees of access to healthcare and political capital, we also need to recognize that the Black community does have a shared linked fate. And I think this is becoming more true now than ever um, when we see how many Black people are dying from COVID, when we see Black people Mm -hmm. being killed on the streets, almost like what seems like on a weekly basis. And knowing that, and I think um, the last person who was killed um, Jonathan Price is kind of an example of that where he was very closely linked to whiteness and yet that whiteness and that proximity to whiteness it was not offering him any protection so you could be a Republican mm. like Herman Cain and die of COVID and so we need to realize that as a black people we actually have a linked fate despite whatever where you fall in the political spectrum or where you are in life The next one is that we're going to be also looking at the Black Agenda 2020, which Black Future Labs took a census of over 30,000 Black folks within the U.S. to come up with a political agenda. Their findings consist of the following, and I'm reading this from their website, so please visit it. It's make people Make Black people powerful in the following areas. The economy, our democracy, our families, our society, our communities, and the legal system. So before we get to our question, 
We're doing something different this season. We are having commercial breaks because we have a sponsor. So we will get to our conversation after this commercial break. Hi, Jody here. With the three of us now recording from different locations, Queens, Brooklyn, and New Orleans, finding an effective recording platform to accommodate this change resulted in quite a bit of trial and error. That is, until we found Anchor. Anchor is everything you'll need to make a podcast in one handy-dandy app. It's 100% free, and it makes recording and editing your podcast a breeze with their easy-to-use creation tools. Anchor will also help spread the word through distributing your podcast on multiple streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, just to name a few. Also, if you'd like to monetize your podcast, Anchor can help with that as well, and with no minimum listenership needed. See? Easy. So, if you're already podcasting and you're on the hunt for a new recording platform, or if 2020 has you yelling YOLO and you've decided to finally start that podcast you've been dreaming of, then download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Again, that's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to the episode. All right. So before we get into this conversation, I do want to start this off just by kind of like acknowledging that I think there is a huge pitfall that happens with this thought of linked fate and kind of getting a voting, a black voting block. And that is that we really see that the Democrats here do, do not feel like they have to earn the black vote, but are rather like the black vote is given to them. And I feel like we have been filled with empty promises in elections past time and time again. And it's a lot of winking and nodding that happens, but never any action. So an example of this is that recently there was a 2016 memo that came out that was um, passed through like the Democratic Party um, talking about how Democrats should be addressing the Black Lives Matter voters and people or activists. And in that memo, it said like, oh, acknowledge them, but don't offer any concrete support. Don't guarantee that you're going to vote one way or the other. And I think that's a lot of what we have. It's just kind of like a a representation of what we get from the Democratic Party is that we're going to say that we hear you. We understand your frustration. We're going to say that we're going to change things, but yet there is no change. And yeah, we're going to do yeah, We're going to do nothing. So I do want to recognize mm-hmm. that linked fate and voting via linked fate does have that opportunity for your for your needs to not be met however we have to kind of reframe politics um in a whole new way and that is through like this whole 2020 election and just the past four years of what it's been like under donald trump and realizing that despite if you're like a herman cain or if you are a jonathan price and you kind of like affiliate yourself close to whiteness and you have a very close proximity to whiteness, you are still, your life is not guaranteed to you in this country. And they will move on as if you never existed, which is what's happening right now. Nobody says nothing about Herman mm-hmm. Cain. Nobody misses her, like Mrs. Herman Cain. Like, and yet... I know! Like, you know? Sorry. Like... <laughs> like, you don't hear Trump saying, yo, man, that guy, he was a really great guy. And like, it's just like, okay, goodbye. Thank you for supporting me while I was like, while you were here, but you're not here anymore. So I'm moving on. And so we need to realize that black people. He was tweeting from the afterlife. Yes, he really was tweeting from the afterlife. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) 
That's so true. <laughs> yes. It's still a support of Donald Trump, right? Like, okay. Anyways. You right. know what I mean? Uh, Say, like, COVID's a hoax. Yes. I know I died of COVID, but COVID is a hoax. You cannot <laughs> write. Vote for Trump. Like, seriously, you cannot write this these past four years into a book or a movie because it will be the most outlandish shit you ever read in your life. And yet this is our reality. Right. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but do just want to recognize that we are dying in ways that we have never recognized before. Like we have always been like, I like, I think to be born in this country, you have to have some type of comfortability of like witnessing black death because we see it so often. Right. But this is like, we have never seen so many black people die. And like the majority of people die from COVID are black and there's over 200,000 deaths happening. So just think about those numbers Mm -hmm. and so we, I think we now need to kind of bond together to form some type of linked fate voting block because we're losing our lives. So I really kind of want to use this episode to just really push Biden and Harris to address these issues and take these issues seriously and take right. black life seriously. And that's something that needs to be respected right. and handled with the most utmost care versus something that we're going to like tell you something but never deliver on it. So out of the mm-hmm. Black Political Agenda 2020, which one of these issues kind of resonates with you and what do you think Biden-Harris needs to do about it? I'm actually going to jump in because you were just kind of like right on the same topic of which one resonates the most with me, which was our family mm-hmm. and the way that the black agenda or the the black future labs broke down the black agenda in terms of our family. They speak about making black people powerful again in terms of challenging the policies and practices that leave us living sick and dying younger and delivering the care we need to live long and live well. Mm-hmm. So, that's important to me because I actually believe that the momentum of the Black progression correlates with the strength of the Black family. Mm-hmm. And I think that this pandemic has highlighted that a lot. Now that we've seen how COVID has affected and destroyed Black families, um, you were saying that earlier, we're also now seeing like the immense importance of the policy adv- policy advocacy for Black people. I mean, like truth be told, we've always had this whole disproportionate medical care and inequality in the healthcare system happening to us um, for a long time. But this pandemic put a huge microscope on it. And I think that like a lot of black people are seeing it and affected by it more. Mm-hmm. And now change is more necessary. Um, yeah, so for me, that one sticks out the most to me. Um, lots of, I would like to see Biden and Harris kind of challenge some of the, some of the, contributing policies that you know black people were basically disproportionately treated and basically some like you know uneven access to the services and coverages that we have and yeah gaps in healthcare. um i would like to see them really take it serious about lack of protocols um to prevent discriminatory practices and culturally Mm. incompetent care i think yeah that would be really great i think like we need to look at the number of people dying from covid and realizing that it's Mm -hmm. not just the disease that's killing black people it's medical racism and what happens when black people show up to hospitals seeking care like you know and like I think it's one of those really awkward conversations to have because right now we're looking at, and I think it's actually kind of very interesting because I think 
the way we look at doctors right now or the way police officers are looked at as these heroes who need to be upheld and respected hmm. and given the most power and like kind of run our country and like yeah. doctors right now i think to criticize medical practices like to criticize doctors during this time is like a very controversial thing um because they are they yeah. are actually more of our heroes than police officers have ever been um and they are saving lives mm -hmm. and they are sacrificing and putting their lives in great danger to show up for people however to not recognize mm -hmm. that these doctors hold biases that are detrimental mm -hmm. to black people's survival would be a grave error on mm -hmm. our part because black people are they're, they're dying in disproportionate rates from this disease and you have to wonder why you have to wonder why Absolutely. healthy young black people are dying from this in ways that maybe healthy mm -hmm. white young people are not and what mm -hmm. is happening in our healthcare systems that's like leading this leading this outcome we could say oh pre-existing conditions but why do black people have so many pre-existing conditions we are not born unhealthy right you're not born right like, you know we're not born with congestive heart failure so why is it that right we have this what's happening like within our medical history and just in our medical like uh, medical historical context of this country i don't know what i just said there but that's those are words like strung together in a sentence um what's happening <laughs> <laughs> like you know and i yes i really do think that we need to i think what's really a problem within this and what biden needs to do is recognize that medicare for all like the access to health care is the first step and then like changing doctors minds is like the i think like changing doctors' beliefs about Black people need to go hand in hand. We need to gain people access to healthcare that is not racist. And with Biden Absolutely. saying that he doesn't approve of like Medicare for all, I think that's a grave error. Of like, how do you how do you justify that during this time? And mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. ah because yeah. the reason why he no, I think the reason why he justifies it is because he's. He needs the elderly yeah. Democratic vote. You know what I mean? He needs mm. that. He needs the people who, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of younger Democrats are more so like on, on the socialist progressive line, you know? Right. And mm -hmm. for him, and and what we, I will say that because I would, I, I will come out of the closet of saying that I'm a socialist, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, mm. um, but, and, and saying that is just by saying, you know, you, you're thinking about the insurance companies as well, too, who might be donating money to his campaign. Yeah. You know, so by saying he wants Medicare <laughs> for all, you know, that means that these insurance companies might lose money. Yeah. And why would we give money to a candidate that doesn't back us? Yeah. And then, like, for mm -hmm. the older people who still thinks, like, socialism is, equates to communism, which equates to, you know, Stalin and all of that, you know, they don't want to go. They, they're probably thinking about, like, the Cold War mm -hmm. era, but not realizing that, you know universal health care for all shouldn't be health care period shouldn't be a yeah. luxury you know right. your basic health you know it shouldn't be a luxury it should be a natural mm -hmm. given exactly and, as a citizen of this country yeah and i think that um darn it i was gonna say something lost your train of thought lost it <laughs> lost it it's, <laughs> it's all good <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Was it okay. me kind of just saying that I'm a socialist? Was that a problem? Well, I, no, <laughs> I actually, I think I'm like a true abolitionist and like we could like use this as a segue to go into the legal system and talk about that. But I believe in abolition, like just abolishing every fucking thing, like abolish the police mm-hmm. departments, abolish our judicial system, abolish our constitution because that shit was written for like a very specific person white land owning men mm-hmm. yes. and you're trying to I'm with you, girl. out to <laughs> encompass everyone while it's that document that's a living document that serves white land owning men so we always need to realize that the mm-hmm. origins of that document is not lost and it's very much so the purpose that it's serving so when we talk about oh apply the law in the way that it was meant to be applied, that's exactly what it's doing. It was meant to be applied to benefit white people and not benefit anybody else. So I truly believe mm-hmm. that we need to abolish our police departments. And I think I read this somewhere and I truly, oh my goodness, I'm going to make this a priority to write things down. So that way I could give credit to like all of these like beautiful black thoughts that are happening. But did I do that for this episode? No. Um, so this was just kind of like, <laughs> this was uh, something that was like floating through many people's minds. Um, once, like, you know, you had Breonna Taylor, you had George Floyd, um, Ahmaud Arbery, and then you had other people who passed, who I am going to like maybe shamefully admit that I can't name everyone who passed this summer who was killed by police officers. Um, it was just it was too, too many, many and I had to numb myself from it and I couldn't engage in it in the way that right. I was able to engage in it before just because I'm fucking exhausted. I'm so tired. Um, but mm-hmm. at one point, it's just like, okay, hold on a second. Like, police officers are killing Black people in the midst of, like, this national, maybe even global rebellion against police officers killing black people (laughs) and yet they're still doing it and they're still emboldened to do that and they're like the only way you're going to end police violence is if you keep police officers away from black people so that's kind of where i'm at right Hmm. now there is no reform to do because these police officers have cameras they um, go through the trainings of like how not to be a racist, which is mm-hmm. like, you know, if you sit through a one hour training of how not to be a racist, congratulations, you come out non-racist um, or the least racist person in the world, <laughs> which is like my favorite saying, because, you know, and this is, I could quote this person, Renee Burke, I got to get her permission. Otherwise I'm going to take her name out. Um, said that, you know, somebody who said to me, I'm the least racist person ever. She was like, aha, you admit it. (laughs) Though you are racist. Just the least amongst them. (laughs) Just the least. I love it. I love it. But your ass is racist. Okay. Know it, accept it. And then you can do something about it. But yeah, you sit through, you you sit through like one of those like anti-bias, anti-racist things. You're not racist. And yet these police officers are still killing black people. So there is no reforming that it's, you just have to abolish that and step away from it and step into what protects black people. And that is taking money that's been given to police officers and reinvesting that into the black community. And I think mm-hmm. Biden needs to mm-hmm. shut the F up about talking about 
giving more money to the police to police officers because that's the last thing that they need. They don't need more money invested into the system that is not mm. protecting the people. They're not doing their jobs. Um, I think right. Merit, yeah. You can easily put that money towards investing exactly. in education. Investing in education, Absolutely. investing in mental health facilities, investing in jobs, mm-hmm. like put that money elsewhere. Um, right. And then like, how do you like, you know, it's just like, how do you, it's a symptom. Like crime is a symptom of oppression, basically. So address the oppression, mm-hmm. you get rid of the crime. Uh, you have no need for legal systems. And, you know, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, but see here's the thing though mm-hmm. devil's advocate something that i learned is that we always have to have an enemy right you always so need to have we what? always have to have an enemy yeah so that we always need to have an enemy so that you can go to congress ask for more funding for defense right so if we were to fix the issues <clears throat> excuse me of oppression but then there wouldn't be any you know, need for all this additional funding. But is that for? Yeah, for, you know what I mean. Like it's it's almost kind of like if you fix the situation. It's like for I don't know. Easier way to say it is like for people who mm-hmm. love to complain. If you fix the situation, then you'll have nothing to complain about anymore. And that's just that's just the problem for you because you always need something to complain about. So mm-hmm. we always need to be oppressed so that there's always a reason to try to fix it. You know what I mean? Does I think, I mean, I get it, but I think I it's less. Thought, and then it went off. I think it's less than that I, or like less complicated than that. It's more so like, mm. or maybe more insidious than that. It's, they're not trying to fix these issues because these issues mm. benefit them. Like if you think that, the higher the like the Democratic Party, the establishment or the Republican Party is not benefited from incarceration within this country. That's a mistake. It is. If you think that they're not benefited, mm-hmm. like they don't get benefits from having black people dying. That's a mistake because you know what? Like less health care insurance, less like or like in that like yeah. not, like in inequalities of access to health insurance like that benefits the health companies which go invest into their campaigns so we like they are just too Mm -hmm. invested in our oppression because it's how this country was founded yeah exactly it was built was through the oppression of black people and i don't think that the united states is creative enough or like to imagine a world mm-hmm. where people are not oppressed. Like how do you have a thriving world oppre- without oppression? Mm-hmm. It's just, they don't have that imagination or they do have that imagination, but it's, it means you redirecting money from them and into communities and a yeah. flattening of like money curves. And they're not willing to do that. No. No. Mm-hmm. It's like critical thought is just a new swear word. It's like <laughs> bad word. It's like God forbid you have to use your mind yeah. to think outside of the box to try to fix any sort of situation that we have going on here. Like that's a major problem, and everyone has a meltdown. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and it's hard. I feel like we, yeah. as like a people, we are given such a shitty hand to like play. You know, with this election, it's literally vote for he i could call like the devil reincarnate or vote for 
people who are like what the wolves in sheep's clothing did i get that saying right for me basically <laughs> ah. okay. oh, yes yes you got it <laughs> you got it <laughs> we we just we have to vote for the lesser of two evils but they're still so evil and so dangerous mm. to our well-being and in their own but yet what's the like you know what's the answer let trump have another four years in office like oh no i just can't look at him we'd be in the field out of this country (laughs) i hate to say i always have this thing it's like i'm not made for manual labor Ah, i'm not made for manual labor because i think but like like i have these conversations about like the handmaid's tale i'm like thank god i'm of the age to be a martha because there ain't no way i can be a handmaid so yeah no yeah but like i really yeah. like i am truly worried to cook about what's gonna happen regardless of the outcome of the election you have biden win i live in the south y'all same biden win the white people go go crazy you have trump win yeah. no white people go go crazy you know so like either way they go go crazy yeah. We're gonna go crazy regardless. Yep. I firmly believe I mean, just just I mean, we're recording this on what day is it? The fifteenth. Mm-hmm. It's just like with them um with Amy Comey Barrett, you know, one of the things that Trump said just yesterday in regards to like her being um trying to be rushed through into the Supreme Court, was say that well, you know, he has every right now that he can change the election date. You know, mm-hmm. which that in a sense in here, <laughs> even though constitutionally he doesn't, but no. the fact that he's saying that he can try to do it through the Supreme Court, yeah. that state of everything that he's said and done, not even with the past um, four years, I would say within the past yeah. four weeks, like that mm. right there out of everything has scared me the most. Yeah, because that that. Just that one sentence alone has like scared me the most because it's just like it's just one one step closer to authoritarianism. Absolutely, I feel the exact same way. He's he's really trying to make himself. He he wants to be king of America. That's what he really so, wants. He's just it's just ridiculous. I'm I'm thinking. What happened, Chelsea? Oh, never mind. I thought you was cutting it. Okay. So <laughs> I think it's really ridiculous and it's scary. It's really scary. Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea what direction this yeah. country is going to go in, through, especially if Trump wins. I I want no parts. <laughs> no parts. No. No, no parts. <laughs> and on that note, that wraps up our episode of examining the presidential race and reframing it through a Black political agenda. Ladies, do you have any final thoughts? Just... I guess vote. That's my thought. Go vote. I submitted my val- like my ballot already. And unfortunately, we cannot sit this one out. So, yeah. Word. I can't, Word. like, I'm not a to vote, like, on, like, a feel excited. Uh, but it's just, like, this is a necessity mm-hmm. at this point. So get this guy out the house. Absolutely. Remember a few years back, people were saying that, like, everyone was being so extreme about the vote or die campaign. That's just yeah. real. Vote or die. <laughs> Damn. Dead ass, like, y'all could legit die. Foreshadowing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Listen, listen, they knew. 
they knew. But also, I just want to make sure. If you would like to laugh. Oh, wait. I also just want to, like, make sure like that we know that if Trump does win this election, it is not because Black people decided to vote or not to vote. I think that we as a people get gaslit a lot of, like... Like, I think, like, Ava DuVernay did, like, a post, a tweet of, like, Black people and people of color, if you don't vote, maybe we deserve what happens in the next four years. And it's like, no, 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 just no. Like, that is not, we don't deserve this. We never deserved it. And yet this has always been kind of the reality in various degrees that we've lived through. And it's white people's job to get Trump out this house. And then even if he loses, I mean, even if he loses the election, he is talking about stealing it. He is talking about not acknowledging the results. So our democracy is truly, yeah. truly, truly, truly at stake here. And it goes beyond just November 3rd and what these results are, but being able to actually enforce these results is still a question that we have to answer. Mm-hmm. So go vote, but also don't be gaslit into voting too at the same time. It's not our responsibility. Okay. It's not our yeah. responsibility anymore. That's it. It's just like, it's, I don't know how to say, uh, yeah, basically I second what Chelsea says, like go vote. It's, I hate to say it, but it's like an unnecessary obligation that we have to do, you know, mm-hmm. in order to to save mm-hmm, ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, as my mother would always say, it's every mm-hmm. man jack for themselves. And it's pretty much how it, it feels right now that, you know, in order to save the country, you got to save yourself. And the only way to save yourself is to go out and vote and hope mm-hmm. for the best because Lord knows what could happen to us if we were to win within the next four years, mm-hmm, you know? Exactly. And when I say us, like, right. I mean, I only, not only black people, but I'm also thinking, well, women, because we're black women, you know, it's like, you've got two ticks against us already by birth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right. not only could we have our rights taken away from us as black people, but we could also have our rights taken away from us as women. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in order to stave away from that is to just to kind of go out there and just vote, please. Even if you don't like it and, you know, just yeah. just, just treat yourself please. to like a donut afterwards or take yourself shopping for online shopping. Don't go into, the, you know, or, or something as just like, you know, yeah. just just do it. I mean, save us. And for the white people out there listening, vote yeah. too, because to save us, the three of us. I'm about to say, I don't yeah. know, like, <laughs> me calling on the as a voting block to vote in favor of, like, Joe Biden, I think that's a gamble. You go, I don't know if I will encourage white women to go vote, because they have disappointed us in the past. I know. So... And I have a whole theory about um, behind that, but that is like for another episode. Just because, like, <laughs> we won't be wrapping up this episode. We'll be launching into another half-hour segment. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there we go. That's yes. On that end. On that end. On that note. <laughs> let's end the show. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> If you would like to learn more about Black political science and the Black political agenda, please check out the two sources we use for this episode. Behind the Mule, Race and Class in African-American Politics, written by Professor Michael Eric Dyson. 
and the Black Agenda 2020 surveyed and compiled by Black Futures Lab. If you enjoyed the episode and want to hear more, please hit subscribe so that way you know when the new episode drops. If you listen to us in Apple Podcasts, why not leave us a review and tell us what you think of the episode? Also, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend (laughs) to to listen because (laughs) we have great episodes. (laughs) We have some great episodes in the pipeline, so you want to stay tuned and you want to listen, all right? Don't forget to follow us on social media platforms. We can be found on Instagram at Black Culture Black Thought and on Facebook at Black Culture Black Thought. on Instagram at Black Culture underscore Black Thought. Freddie, I'm calling you out. Learn it, learn it out. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Look, don't forget to follow us on social media platforms. <laughs> we can be found on Instagram at Black Culture underscore Black Thought and on Facebook at Black Culture Black Thought. Thank you for listening to Peace the episode, out, guys. Y'all. Bye.